To be a really positive role model, effective parent, you need to model everything it is that you want them to learn, which is really hard, which is why I often say being a parent is the thing that grows you the most spiritually because it requires you to do, you do these things. Right, if you do it right, if you're yeah. attempting to do it right. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Summer edition. Mini summer edition. Addiction. Addiction, sure. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about swimming. Dipping. Okay, so today... <laughs> that's not a bad one. Spiritually I almost said skinny summer. dipping, but that's not really that's what not I want to do. That's not appropriate at all. <laughs> children listen to this podcast. Do they? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Well. Our children do. Yes, I was driving with David, and he started playing last episode. That's cute. driving us. He was entertained. He laughed every time he made a joke. Did he have commentary? <laughs> no, he was just enjoying. I like that. Yes. Yeah, why didn't you film him watching it? That would have given me pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, actually, speaking of children. Oh, not coincidental. Today, we're going to navigate the wonderful world of parenting. Well, a snack. A spiritual hungry snack. About In parenting. particular, I want to talk about how our children learn by listening to us and watching our actions. This is a statement that might make you chuckle. I've always liked it. Um, because often it feels like they're not listening at all. This is a quote from James Baldwin. He said, children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. As parents of four, we're no strangers to the many ways kids can tune out. But the truth is they're listening even when it doesn't feel like it. And we've, you know, having the range that we have with our children 24 all the way down to 10, you and see what sticks and what doesn't. And they're listening and watching. Watching. Very, very uh, right. <laughs> it's funny how we were in London recently and our daughter's interning there and Miriam was sharing me things from childhood that I completely, her childhood, that I completely forgot, right? But she has, especially if it was, you know, she's very detailed recollections. So they're, they're, they're watching very, very carefully. So I don't know if you remember this, but when my first book came out, Fear is Not an Option, I was so excited to bring it home to share it with the kids. It was my first published book, and Abigail at the time was four and a half. And uh, they were flipping through it, and then (laughs) Abigail turns up to us, and she looks up to us, and she says, I'm going to write a book too. I said, really? She's like, yeah, it's going to be called Sadness is Not an Option. (laughs) And then Josh chimes in. He's like, I'm going to write a book too. And I remember that t- that moment really struck me because it wasn't just that I had written a book, but I, I saw in that moment, it gave them permission and really a belief that they could do that themselves and not just write a book, it could be anything, right? And I think part of that is what led for Abigail and I to write our, our first children's book together, The Gift of Being Different. So that's just one of the ways. What are, you, what are some things that you think or you hope that our children learn from you? That's a very big question, but it was something we do talk about, but hopefully they see it. And our children have a different vantage point, because they not only see our, our lives, but also many people who come into our lives, either for advice or, or, or direction. Come into our home, really. Right. And one of the things that, that really makes me, you know, because we, we don't believe in, you know, some people, but again, not, no disparagement about those who grow up in a religious home where sort of the parents are telling their kids, this is what you have to do because, you know, whatever, right whatever it's traditional. Right we, we, in our home, it was always the conversation around spirituality. And the fact is that I could honestly say to my kids, and they can see it and in the interactions that they have with other people, that, that people who are on a spiritual path, they're happier. 
they're more fulfilled. They're able to uh, traverse adversity in, in ways that other people do not have the tools and the capabilities. So I would hope that, that our kids see, and I know that they do because they speak about it, the, the joy of living, of living a life that is based both on spirituality and the desire to do for others and to do for the world. But one of the other elements, and this is something we've spoken about, but I think it's really important. I really, the more I we go throughout the world, I really think there's an epidemic of unkind children. <laughs> and one of the things that that I really, again, it's not about being perfect. None of us are perfect, right? But that that. But like it's a streak. I mean, we've talked about this recently. That we didn't really. I mean, maybe they're just more outspoken, also. But I feel like you're right. I mean, it's different. And I think that for for us, for example, and this is for all the parents out there, it's not about telling your kids, "Oh, you need to be a kind person." Because if you tell your kids you need to be a kind person, but they see you, like you should too, (laughs) exactly, and they see you in your daily interactions that you're not, then the words are not only not only are they not going to have an impact, they actually probably be have the the negative effect because they'll say, "Not only here you're not kind, you're a hypocrite." I'm definitely not, not going to listen to you. And of course, that's an extreme, but I would say that one of the most important things we want our children to witness about our own lives is that we actually do try to be as kind as possible that we actually try to go out of outside of ourselves even when it's uncomfortable to be able to share with other people well, what you're referencing really is one of the most effective tools of parenting which is modeling most kids don't learn simply by being told right educators use the modeling strategy it's called i do we do you do to model this skill and it really irks me when I hear parents say, you know, do as I say, not as I do, or do what I'm... You've actually heard a parent say that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> not not people I know, but like at an amusement park or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, do you mind sharing? If it's funny, do you mind sharing an example? No, I mean, I've, I've, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very curious, right? And often you'll see me like watching and you're like, <laughs> what are you thinking? So yeah, at, at like the zoo or amusement parks, I think, yeah, I, I just, I've heard shocking things really, you know, like... It's funny. So, like even recently, someone said, "You know, you're acting like a toddler," but the child was like six. You know, I mean, okay. or like the 13 year olds like reprimanding the child for the same thing and things that they heard obviously when they were a kid. I don't know. Yeah, but it's funny because we were. I don't know if we've shared this in one of the podcasts, but one of our kids, David, as he was growing up, he watched the show Caillou, and I don't know if anybody knows about it. For listeners, do, but sort of, it's I'm basically sorry. it's a children it's a children's show in the United States. I don't know if it's anywhere else in the world. And then we recently started watching just sort of for nostalgia with the rest of the kids. And obviously David's older now, he's in his 20s, and Miriam's old, and they're older. And as we're watching it with Abigail, our youngest, who's 10 years old now, she's they're all like, Caillou is just a complainer. It's always like, I, 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 I don't want to. <laughs> exactly. And the point is that. Why does Rosie get to do it and I don't? Exactly. We didn't hear it like that for whatever we reason. Now we're just yeah, like, well, oh my God, yeah, turn that, this I guess, off. I guess, you know, our fault as parents not paying more attention <laughs> to what David was watching. But that's the point. The point is that there's. No, uh, I paid attention. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> see it like that then for whatever reason, which I have to unpack. But. But I think again, this is why it's so important. You know, when your kids see you as somebody who is reactive, when your kids see you as somebody who's complaining, all of those actions that they see have a much greater impact on your children than anything else you speak to them or tell them or try to teach them. Right. Researchers say this is non-languaged messaging is much more memorable and impactful than anything you're going to say. 
And a lot of parents, I think they talk about their values, they talk about right and wrong, but then you need that action that follows it. And I think that this is the hardest part of parenting, really. It's a hard truth that to be a really positive role model, effective parent, you need to model everything it is that you want them to learn, which is really hard, which is why I often say being a parent is the thing that grows you the most spiritually because it requires you to do these things. If you do it right, if you're attempting to do it right. So I want to give you some examples of modeling opportunities that all parents have. You're at a theme park and tickets for kids 12 and up are really pricey, especially today. It goes like into the hundreds. It's shocking. And then that's just to get to the door. Disney or Universal, right? Yeah. And then once you get in the door, then it's like, I see this, I want that. And then you have to pay extra for other things, whatever. I'm going to get into that whole thing because obviously it's irritating me. But do you lie and tell them your son is 11? I mean, they just turned 12 a month ago, right? Or are you honest and pay the extra amount? A, you tell the truth, model honesty. B, you lie, you model that it's okay to lie sometimes to get what you want. Right. It's not like, I'm going to give you some examples that are like, ah, uh, we all are tempted to do those things. Another one is you forget your child's dentist appointment when the receptionist calls to tell you that you might, that you missed the appointment, which by the way, you might be charged for. Do you A, accept responsibility, apologize, reschedule the appointment, making sure to schedule it in your calendar, immediately modeling mistakes happen. You take accountability and you do your best to resolve the problem, even if you need to pay for it or be uncomfortable with that? Or B, do you argue with the receptionist? Tell her she's clearly made a scheduling error, error, modeling no accountability, honesty, or kindness. Are you having your own thoughts here when I'm asking these questions of what you would do? I have a few thoughts, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another one. You're watching TV, but so is your 14-year-old, and you think they need to read more books. You tell, A, you tell your 14-year-old to go to read a book while you continue to watch TV. B, you turn off the TV and both of you read a book to reinforce the importance of reading. (laughs) Here's one more. You get a call from a coworker who has created an annoying and unnecessary situation that now you have to deal with. Do you A, hang up, say nothing, and just take care of it, modeling that being unkind or punitive to the coworker would be unproductive or upsetting? Or B, do you make critical comments about the coworker behind their back and in front of your kids, modeling that mistakes are unacceptable and make people think less of you? These are tough. These are Yes, but also I think it's also a, a much greater view that they have of you in your life, meaning are you somebody who's appreciative? I have some more, too. Okay, keep going. I'm going to give one more, because I think this is another one. Your child asks you if you'll donate to a cause or a nonprofit that they feel passionate about. A, you donate, or if you cannot donate, offer to volunteer with your child. You're modeling sharing and being supportive of ones you love. B, you tell them that you don't have money for that sort of thing, modeling that the parents expect the children to share, but adults don't have to. Interesting. Yeah. So every parent wants their children, obviously, to have more than they had themselves. And our kids learn from us. But I just think that it's, I think in every given situation, we have to catch ourselves, right? And I, I would go even a step further, or maybe a step before. I, I, as, as I often see these children who are not behaving or not even thinking, you know, there's a difference between, again, none of us are perfect, neither us nor our children. And so there's a difference between a child who who believes it's okay to be unkind and behaves in that way all the time, or somebody who knows it's the right thing to be kind, but at times, as we all do, we fail. I, I started wondering recently whether parents even think it's important for their children to be kind, to be appreciative. Really? Because, yeah, it doesn't seem to, because there's, there should be some effect of that. But I guess more importantly, I guess to our listeners, right? And this is really who we're talking to, who are obviously, you know, spiritually awakened. I would say that it's so important to have these conversations, 
But I would actually maybe ask yourself as a parent the question, what is the most important thing for you to have your child become or be? And if kindness is not one, two, or three, if appreciation isn't one, two, or three, then that is a different conversation. But assuming that it is the case, that you do understand and want that your child grows up to be more important than any other accomplishment, that they are a kind person, more important than any other accomplishment, that they are a appreciative person, then, yes, you have those conversations, strongly recommended, but you also model that behavior. Yeah, how much energy are you putting into that thing that you have identified to be very important for your child to be a happy, whole adult? And I, I would ask the question, when was the last time you, you allowed your kids to catch you being kind, or to catch you being appreciative? If you can't recall in the past week, such a situation, you do remember you helped them, you made lunch for them, or you took them to after school, all beautiful, amazing, and important. But I would say that that if you can't consistently think or remember situations where your kids saw you being kind, saw you being appreciative, saw you going outside of your comfort to share with other people, then the chances, with all of your positive intentions, and with all of the speeches you might give, the chances of them actually growing up in that way are very, very slim. I wanted to bring this up. The Rav, your father, once said about the idea of parenting should begin with restriction. Do you ever recall this? The Rav shared this idea of restricting yourself as a parent, meaning restricting ourselves in a variety of ways. For example, not applauding or overly criticizing our kids. By resisting the impulse to intervene, preach, correct, or shower them with praise, you allow them to become people they are meant to be. So there's that aspect too. That's interesting. Is there a time that you wish you hadn't intervened as a parent? Which is an interesting question, I think, because intervene, I guess, is different for each. I guess it's how you intervened. I mean, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I think, I mean, just today, I was at the doctor with one of our kids, and the doctor was asking questions that, that she wasn't uncomfortable with. I warned you about that. <laughs> and I intervened. I, so, so I think... Which is the right thing to do. Yeah, which definitely was, I think, you know, it's funny, I was actually had the thought as I was sitting there ready, waiting for the, uh, for the appointment, whether... What, did she let her advocate for herself first? I did, but then I, I added my own, and I don't, I think, I think it was the right thing. Yeah, so I, I, I think, of course, restriction is important, but I, I would, I think more important as parents is the model that we actually live in front of our children and talk about. It. I mean, one of the things that, that, again, because I do strongly believe that you will not be a fulfilled human being unless you're doing those three things, being kind, going out, out of yourself to share with others, and being grateful, that I actually, again, I try to allow myself to be caught by my kids doing those things, and I actually also have constant conversations around it, because I think these are probably the three most important keys to, to your children, yourself, of course, as well, but your children growing up to be the most, and, and having and experiencing the best life that they can. Yeah, I think, in a nutshell, just remember that your children remember everything, pretty much. I remember at a talk I gave years ago, a woman was going through a nasty divorce, and no, 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 she, the father of her children, I think they were divorced, that's what it was, was dying, or about to die, and she said, how do I handle this? How do I protect them? You know, what do I do? And I said, you know, they're going to look to how you respond to see how they should respond. Of course, grief, there's different levels, but even if you look at divorce, or you look at loss of financial hardship, or or even loss of life, the children will look to the parent then to model, okay, if you are 
understanding that there's a purpose behind it. Or if you're understanding the bigger picture and then you can express that or articulate that and certainly respond in that way, then the kids learn that as well. You know, far too often I see with divorced families, especially if it was a bitter one, when parents badmouth one another, right? It makes the child feel like they've come from two people who hate each other. And they don't, they weren't there when they fell in love, right? They weren't there when they created them out of love. They only are there now to witness all of this disharmony and disunity. So if you change that, right? And you show something else, that's what the kids will learn to see. Yeah, I was thinking also that they're watching as you deal with hardship, as you deal with challenges, as you deal with stress. And think about, maybe maybe it's in the, pre- in the previous podcast, we spoke about the importance of letting go. I think that maybe sometimes we don't have enough impetus to to let go for ourselves or or to not stress out for ourselves. But think about the fact that if you, time after time, allow your children to see you break down in front of stress or break down in front of hardship, then that's going to be what they learn. That they're going to think that that so, is how... So even if you're not doing it for yourself, maybe do it, do it for your children, knowing that how you deal with positive things, how you deal with life's challenges, is going to be the model upon which they begin, at least, to create their own personality and their own lives. So, as we are in the summer, you're probably spending more time with your kids. I hope we have inspired our listeners to to really understand that everything that we do in front of our kids is being watched and being built upon. So, we want them to be kind, and I hope you do. Make sure they see you acting, catch you being kind. Make sure they catch you being appreciative. Make sure they catch you going outside of yourself to share with other people. And also, on the other hand, make sure they catch you dealing with stress and life's challenges in a proactive way. Because they are not only modeling, but they are building their lives based on what they are seeing. So, we hope you are continuing to enjoy your summer and our summer Spiritually Hungry Snacks. Stay spiritually hungry.